and welcome to Playwright, a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. My name is Ryan Heyman. You can call me H. And I'm Ryan Quintel. You can call me Q. It's been a uh, another crazy couple weeks as 2020 continues to, for some reason, just kind of drudge on. Um, yeah. I think everyone's been pretty unanimous. Like, let's just, let's just call 2020 here and, uh, you know, good try. You know, you can't say that you didn't try something <laughs> new. But. Right. It's never too soon for New Year's Eve, uh, and, and we've we've hit the the point where I'm ready for it. I I don't know why, but when you said it's been and had a a pause, so many things started to come to my mind. The first was it's been one week, <laughs> and then of course it's been a long December, and it really has been a long 2020, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, one of my favorite kind of troll moves is to call one week by the bare naked ladies. It's been by smash mouth. <laughs> it's like, people know what you're talking about, but everyone is just like, uh. I have the same problem with the smash mouth song of, uh, whenever I hear someone have a momentary pause in some body, if so, yes. <laughs> that that triggers it for me as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was really good. You actually hit the right rasp and everything on that. That was eerie. I wanted to uh to bring attention to because we like to point out um weird games on Playwright when we when we see them. Uh there's a uh an upcoming game from Harmonix that is a kind of a digitized version of Drop Mix, which we've spoken of very uh fondly in the past called Fuser, I think it is. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It looks kind of like you're a, like a festival DJ kind of mixing on the go, uh, all sorts of, um, up to four different popular songs together, dropping in different instruments and it'll automatically beat match it in the way that, the way that drop mix does uh, so well. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing the drop mix, drop mix experience into a purely digital format. Um, it's, uh, it's coming out in fall of this year i'm excited to get it but uh it has two SKUs for uh 60 for the basic and a hundred dollars for the vip edition which includes some uh musical dlc as well as some other kind of like packaged in items but that's uh that's quite a commitment <laughs> yeah I, I i almost like the way harmonics makes this or has this music tech it's so good i almost it's almost a shame that they waste it on video games right maybe you just need to make some sort of professional piece of software harmonics and charge like 200 bucks and sustain your business and be done with it even within the realm of video games almost all of their games are packaged behind like some sort of additional paywall of yeah like unfortunately breakable peripherals (laughs) and so there are going to be like generations in the future that just like can't play rock band and experience all the work that they've done on uh, the freestyle guitar solos and like so cool and uh you know generations in the future that they did a rock band vr that is you know you need both the plastic guitar peripheral and vr headset as well as the vr motion tracking peripherals as well uh there's um Fantasia Music Evolved game uh, that you need a Kinect to play, which will not be forward compatible with the Xbox Series X, unfortunately, because the Kinect is not forwards compatible. So all of these like really, really just brilliant, just mind bendingly good games that are just kind of being well are at risk of being lost to time. Yeah, Uh, it's too early to call it now, but it's 
these are the games at the highest highest risk that I wish there was a better way of kind of cataloging. Um, like music games by nature don't hold up in Let's Plays, not only because of the music licensing, but also because just playing the music is such like a, it's a more integral part of rhythm games than I would say any other genre of gameplay. So it's, um yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate. Like I, I just want to like, find some way to preserve all of the goodness that harmonics has brought into the world. Yeah. There's just certain songs and things that they've made exist that you can't even get really, unless you, you jump through a lot of hoops. Crazy, crazy. And it's speaking of games to shout out, um, this past week, uh, we actually got the Pokemon MOBA, uh, that, (laughs) that playwright pitched back in July, 2018. So no, we weren't tuned into the development of that. We just, uh, I think we will probably be living in this increasingly strange reality where, you know, three years into the show, we're actually going to see some of these things accidentally or purposefully come to life. Well, on the contrary, you know, we weren't privy to any plans for them to create one, but now we know exactly how long it takes for <laughs> someone to pitch a Pokemon game and then develop it. Yeah. Yeah. And and shout out to the Pokemon company. I'm sure our royalty checks are in the mail, but we will not be waiting for them, of course. <laughs> That's right. I uh, I got my got my stimulus check in the mail, and they sent a separate letter from the IRS afterwards. Oh, that was like, first of all, you get something in the mail from the IRS, and you're just like, oh scary. no, what happened now? Yeah, but did scary. I miscalculate my taxes or something? And it was basically them just boasting about like, so uh, we sent you a stimulus check. Uh, does that make you want to express <laughs> any? fondness towards any certain presidents or anything like <laughs> oh no that's jerk. gross that's gross just wasting trees boasting about something that was like really not even enough to begin with but anyways not gonna get into it here uh let's get into some video game pitches um i'm going to be going first today so um over the weekend and uh, over the last week i've been playing a lot of arms on the switch uh kind of in anticipation of min min coming to smash bros uh which is terrific I'm, I'm super happy about that also i just i really love arms and i just really needed to like sit down and actually practice with it to, to get like you know good and i'm not good yet arms is a game that has what seems like an impossibly high skill ceiling like i i practice hard like i've been doing fighting games non-stop all you know all spring i've been you know hammering arms for a number of days now and i feel like i can be competitive if i hop online but when i'm facing off against computers like i'm still kind of like on level three of seven or something like that or three of nine and it's just like i can't believe that the computer thinks that I can be like six levels higher than I am now. I feel like I'm maxing out what my brain is able to comprehend. <laughs> yeah. But uh, presumably there are arms experts out there. So um, anyways, it's a long way of, uh, of getting to what I want to do is a game inspired by arms. It's kind of a, a, uh, a game where you play a lazy character who has stretchy arms you have to do all of your household chores around the house mm-hmm. by stretching out your arms while you are just relaxing in your bed watching TV or something. And so you kind of like your camera follows your arm around the house and uh, you have to use the arm as kind of like a physics object to, you know, push 
buttons to make lunch or to vacuum the ground or you know whatever it is that needs to be done but your arm kind of like as it stretches it uh it remains in all of the areas that you were previously like stretching through and so you can't go through any place that your arm had previously been because the arm is still there just kind of flopping around so it's kind of like (laughs) snaky bus if you played that or it's kind of like a tron light cycle type of thing so you know just kind of leaves the trail of arm behind it and you have to find a way to do all of your chores in uh in such an order that you can uh still kind of maneuver around the house i'm gonna start the clock there bizarre that you ended up pitching this or 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 very coincidental because i was actually thinking about a a snake game where the snake actually never gets doesn't there's no end to the snake you just start where you start and you just keep going which is a little bit what we're talking about here right right um i imagine that we're not using the arm fully octo daddy like clumsily like there is some articulation with the hand or it's a little bit more secure and grabbing and holding things yeah um i'd like somewhere kind of in the middle where it's not intentionally trying to make you mess up but it's still just like a little kind of like goofy feeling you're almost kind of flying your hand around like it's a star fox ship okay (laughs) uh, with your arm trailing behind you and so you know from that perspective it could be a little awkward but you have to like hit the right buttons on the microwave you have to you know do some fairly precise inputs with an input method that it leaves a little bit to be desired, but that's part of the fun. But I don't want it to be like a, a frustration game either. I wonder if you have some mechanic where you treat your arm almost like the mechanism I'm thinking of is the uh, quickly suck the cord back into the vacuum type of yeah. thing. Do you know what I'm talking about there? So I wonder yeah, if yeah. like if you have some button or something that does that, it almost acts as both a, a rewind to a certain extent. But if you get yourself in, if you really wedge yourself in between things, potentially you actually tangle your arm and you limit your own rewind <laughs> capability. Yeah, I guess I think that would be necessary in like a story based game or something where there's like a clear kind of, um, like a beginning and end that you're working towards. Uh, If this is more of like a run type of thing where you kind of, you do as many chores as you can and um, you know, do you have enough to get the highest score? Then it seems like getting tangled up in your own arms is kind of like the natural way to end each run as well. Yeah. Or, or or like a, uh, maybe (laughs) you kind of go through the level and if you manage to never tangle yourself and you can do the full rewind and kind of retract your arm. You also get measured by how far you could retract your arm or did it get stuck almost. There's just one final like measurement of like, you know, whether there's time or something involved. Yeah. Yeah. What could we do with chores? I mean, vacuuming, cooking, cleaning, there's a lot of mechanics in there, but how are they? I, I, I think I'm like searching for how we can make them, feel distinct from each other and not just kind of like grabbing your or hitting a to interact with something and then sort of wiggling around joysticks i mean this could be like a like a vr thing where you have that kind of one-to-one control but you always are perhaps accelerating forwards slowly or quickly i don't know if there's kind of an like an automatic acceleration or whether you are kind of guiding yourself almost like an underwater level of a game uh using kind of three-dimensional 
movement there. That's interesting. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a a way to sort of maybe you can't grab chairs and move them out of the way or something, and, and instead you have like a little smack or or punch or flick even mechanic where you can kind of nudge things around the environment that are obstacles and the only things that you can really grab and interact with are the sort of mini games strewn about the level yeah or uh, if you have to you know what you could do even is if you're if like a doorway is starting to get kind of cluttered with all the arms that you've gone kind of back and forth through it you could use other physics objects in your environment like a bookcase to like topple down on top of your arms to kind of squish them down so that you can continue using the doorway for a little bit longer i don't know if you have this frame of reference but do you know the show alex mack yeah yeah from uh, nickelodeon back in the day <laughs> yeah i don't know if there's like a you can like temporarily liquidify or something yourself to get to something like that but that's that's kind of interesting i'm trying to think about like as we're going through the environment and doing these chores, uh, are, the, the, are the chores measured on time or like success? Because if you're going to do vacuuming, potentially you'll have to go room by room and really increase the chances that you're going to get all tangled up in, in this. Yeah, I think it would be kind of a proportion of total job done that you'd be rated on. You know, I was also thinking that if you are extending your arm and you try to pick up something heavy, then it's going to be very difficult to do because of the leverage involved. Yeah. If you, maybe there's like a strength meter that resets every time you like wrap yourself around something. So like a chair leg or a lamp or something, almost like a snake pass. If you've ever pay, played that, it's like yeah. a platform where you play as a snake and you can't obviously like jump or run around. You have to kind of slither your way around posts and, uh, you know, find ways to support yourself as you're trying to like ascend and descend these uh, kind of complicated structures. What I think is cool there is now we can get into, if you have that sort of snake pass like setup, now you can get into maybe uh, before you actually enter the level or start the level, you could do something where there's a little bit of an overview or something where somebody can actually uh, scour the level. So you have to choose what jobs you're going to do in what order to to get the maximum because eventually you'll just like, if you get too tangled, right. you'll be totally cut off. So maybe this is a way to enable something like that. Yeah. So you, uh, you have your list of everything that needs to be done and perhaps, I don't know if you're in the same house for the entire game and you have to kind of like learn your way around, like where everything is kept. Maybe you have to return things to where they're supposed to be afterwards yeah, uh, cool. so you can find them next time. Or <laughs> maybe the house is randomized every time. Maybe you got a changing house. I'm I'm trying to think of like, you could also potentially build in like a little bit of a stamina meter so that you can have a, a, like a, like a reach mechanic so you can really stretch your arm and maybe uh, go and, and get to something that like, maybe you've just got no slack left in the old uh, forearm and you have to kind of hold right. down something and like, whether you're earning the stamina through the task that you're completing and it's kind of like an ability that you can fire or if it's more formalized of like, hey, this is uh, this is just on a cooldown and you get to use it whenever. Maybe even there's the possibility of, um, you know, once you've done your chores around the house, beat those levels, you can kind of advance to, you know, having to go outside of the house and go to work and uh, 
your commute to work, your actually kind of like functioning around the office. Uh, maybe there's, maybe you have to be sneaky and keep your arm, you know, in areas where it won't be noticed, like, you know, running along the ceiling or kind of propped up behind. I, I just watched uh, Gremlins 2 again the other day, and I was just thinking <laughs> about how much fun it is to sneak around a uh, crowded office building. <laughs> you could also do, I know this is getting in a little bit into Octodad territory, but I love the idea of maybe you're the person that you're living with doesn't know that you have this stretchy arm power. <laughs> and so you have that kind of hide mechanic or something where you got to somehow tuck your arm away or uh, bury it under a pile of clothes, like jumping into a haystack in Assassin's Creed or even maybe putting a, a hat and a mustache on it to feign that you are, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're a character rather than just a super stretchy arm. Let's uh, let's end that one and let's give it a name. And our boy Stretch Armstrong's already taken. <laughs> I mean, I do just like Armstrong. Armstrong, yeah, I think that fits in. That's <laughs> a good fit for that one. Armstrong. Let's move on to our next game. Q, what are you bringing in today? So my pitch for you today is a little simple and kind of strange, but I'm I'm thinking about a horror game where maybe it's level or run based, but you are running through a maze-like building and you're being chased by a monster and there's just a ton of doors imagine like almost you know a fun house number of doors and you can choose every door whether you want to straight up open it and leave it open if you want to close it uh potentially there's a lock or barricade option or just break through the door uh each decision takes time to to accomplish right if you're going to do something like locker barricade that takes more time and potentially the monster can catch up to you but also has um an opposite reaction in terms of it takes the monster longer to get through the door that you set up so you get through this whole thing there is eventually an exit door and maybe you're measured on time and i, I also think it would be interesting to to gauge success on how much time you actually delayed the monster. So it's almost like your lap time and your your the distance uh, between you and the ghost. Okay, all right, let's start the clock there. I was thinking all of this opening doors, closing doors, creating a ruckus behind you would be interesting if we can find a way to require players to find their way out afterwards. Like if you have to venture into this kind of, you know, ever-shifting mansion and then remember your route to find your way out after finding like an amulet that dispels the ghost or something like that. And so you have like a limited time to, it just reminds me of the, uh, was it the, the labyrinth and the minotaur from uh, Greek mythology. Oh yeah. And having to kind of leave that golden thread behind to, um, to remember the way out of this kind of endlessly, uh, large maze. That's interesting. So so what we're saying is we get really deep into this thing and then almost like the almost like that scene in The Shining, you almost have to retrace your steps. And yeah. if you're closing and locking doors behind you, not only does it delay the monster, but it potentially obfuscates um, your path back. Right. So the things that are most beneficial as you're escaping are going to be the least beneficial for you to try to find your way back. And so maybe you only choose to close and, and lock doors when uh, 
when there is kind of another point of reference in the room that you're going to remember anyways, like a statue or piece of artwork or something that you're going to be able to use as a reference on your way back. That's interesting. Okay, cool. So now we're moving through this world. I'm, I'm almost wondering like if there could be some kind of cool mechanic in terms of being able to, uh, as you're moving through spaces like, you know, that act in like a Call of Duty zombies mode where you actually are sitting there and hammering up and like actually closing out a door. If there's a breadcrumb like system to also give yeah. yourself like hints, maybe you can really quickly you get all you have is like a piece of chalk and you can very quickly imagine a radial menu with your joystick or something and paint an arrow just in any direction that you point. It was a time when I was in high school, I think it was, it was before we had like gps is built into our phones where i was in seattle with a friend to catch a show afterwards we got out of the show it wasn't too late and so we were like hey you know space needle looks like it's pretty close by what if we just kind of like walk there and as is always the case in the city like with the big buildings like they look closer than they really are and so we found ourselves kind of like snaking back and forth on streets for quite a while um to get to where we needed to go and you know, we eventually got there and then we had to kind of find our way back afterwards. We were a little intimidated because it's like, uh, I mean, we walked for quite a ways. We made quite a few turns along the way as we kind of like staircased our way through the city. And, um, you know, we were worried about being able to find our way back to the car, but, uh, we ended up doing so by, um, finding all of the kind of like statues and fountains and, and, uh, billboards and stuff that we, had made jokes about on the way there. So we kind of re like followed our train of comedy through the city to find our way back. Huh? So in that sort of, in that model, you're kind of looking at your, the actions that you took in the past. Yeah. Or just, you know, rooms you found memorable. I think even in, uh, even in games where like dead cells or remnant from the ashes, like games that have procedural generation where the levels are kind of by nature, not, memorable i'll remember if i have to backtrack like which room is which because of the encounters that have happened there so you know having to kind of rely upon that as you uh as you make your way through this maze maybe one of the things that you should do is like barricading the door or locking the door taking that extra second and let's say there's four or five levels of of delay doing that is because you have no idea when you enter a room if you're going to encounter resistance in some way or maybe yeah. some something that you're gonna have to deal with a you know an additional monster or creature something that's gonna or even just a series of traps that are really gonna slow your progress you don't know what's behind each door and so it causes that constant pressure of like is this the one i should barricade or am i gonna risk it and then if i get slowed down it's gonna let the monster catch up to me and i can imagine just like one of the only pieces of ui on the screen is literally at, you know, imagine along the top or bottom, just a little U marker and a little monster <laughs> marker almost. I know that maybe that's less scary. You want to maybe keep it kind of hudless or something. There's also that kind of classic um, horror movie thing of opening the wrong door or making it look like you went in a different direction to try to throw them off your trail. Mm -hmm. uh, that could be done here. And then, you know, on your way back, that could potentially be a distraction for you. It could fool you into going in you know, those two open doors in here. I know I came from one of them. And I know another one was a distraction. But I don't remember which is which anymore. Oh, man. Imagine some sort of 
uh, now we're kind of in like sci-fi tech, but some sort of like holographic door that you can just quickly throw onto any wall uh, to yeah. confuse the monster or something like that. And as you go, if you like try and if you try and go through your activated hologram door, maybe there's an electrical shock or something that kind of stuns you in place. Uh, so you, you really want to like be able to see maybe there's like a slight glitch in it every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, this would be kind of, so let's say, is this, are you thinking of this being a primarily single player experience or is this like a competitive, almost like a dead by daylight type of thing? I think you could do either. What what are you you having in mind? Some, what's what's the angle maybe? Uh, One angle of like a, is this a, do you have an idea for like a multiplayer version of it? Cause I've always been like, Hey, this, I'm going to kind of do these runs, but I guess you could, I mean, you can always do something as simple as leaderboards, but you could also set a map so that like, there's four people all trying to get to the center and get the thing yeah. that actually makes them immune to the creature. And then the rest of them, then like only once somebody claims that do the exit doors unlock and then everyone mm. has to scramble for exits, but only one person has like the actual weapon that can, can deflect the monster if it gets close. Yeah. Maybe there's, yeah, different objectives. It, I mean, if there are multiple people trying to escape then that means that there's a, you know, people aren't being like followed one to one necessarily. But if this was kind of like a two player, like one is the monster, one is the character. I think that works pretty well because you are essentially trying to kind of like psychologically fool the pursuer. Yeah. And then I like the idea if it's if you claim this uh, monster deflection thing, whatever this crystal, whatever it is, then you potentially end up deflecting the monster onto opponents that were trying to get it because once you once you get the this deflection thing maybe your position is now alerted to all your opponents so they can try and make their way to the exit or they can try and make their way to um steal it from you and and temporarily disable you as they all because only one person can can maybe get out with it yeah that makes sense uh, to try to find ways to kind of throw the monster onto your scent without uh exposing themselves it's such a simple concept i'm 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 almost wondering like how even i feel like it's complicated enough so i'm i'm trying to think about like what to talk about next do we go into specific mechanics because i i do like the idea of bringing in some of those more first person horror the outlast elements of maybe there's breath holding or maybe there's like a if you're able to sneak in the monsters close enough you get the sort of alien isolation like don't get killed by the monster but you'd have to really compress the space and make the monster pretty pretty immediately lethal you know i've I've played through recently uh uncharted the lost legacy okay and one of the things that really kind of stood out to me about that game was um how every time you would find one of the collectibles or find like a something that the character wanted to put on the map, then she would actually take off the map and draw on it. And, you know, you would be walking slowly while she did that. And it, it turned, you know, updating the map from like a, a, a uh, instant thing that happened in your Kodak or, you know, Dragonborn's brain or whatever it was, like, however it's represented in each of these uh, game worlds um, into like an actual action that was taken. And it kind of got me wondering about whether map updating could be kind of like a optional uh, thing that somebody could choose to do for each room that they're in, knowing that it takes a little bit of time that will eventually add up. And so maybe it's just kind of like, maybe you only update your map 
every few rooms. And so you're kind of like, you leave little breadcrumbs for yourself on the map, um, you know, as you check that on the way out, or maybe that provides you some additional level of visibility or something like that. But it's a, you know, a choice, something that you wouldn't be doing all the time. I like the idea of, of giving somebody some set of options so that they can weigh or weigh their decision-making like early on in a match and see if like that strategy ends up kind of panning out, if that makes any sense, like some method of like planning and then execution of that thing. And that way you're kind of always striving for the perfect run. Let's, uh, let's end that one there. We're over time. Let's give it a name. I like the idea of pursuit or the pursuer or something akin to that. What do you think about something a little bit more kitschy? Uh, and you do something like, uh, right behind you or, or don't look behind you. <laughs> I do like that. That's, uh, that's fun. That's playful. Don't look behind you. I think that's, uh, it's a good one. Let's go over to our community. We are running low, so we're going to be reading comes from Caterweb. Oh. He says, massive sale on stainless steel tables and sinks. Caterweb newsletter number 283. Thank you for whoever signed us up for this. This is a massive sale on stainless steel tables and sinks. In any commercial kitchen, stainless steel tables and sinks are a must. Caterweb carries a huge selection of stainless steel tables and sinks in a variety of shapes and sizes to accommodate your specific needs. We offer stainless steel plain top tables, splashback tables, dirties tables, inlet and outlet tables. Our range includes single and double preparation sinks, single and double pot sinks, and combination sinks. Contact us to place your order. All right, I think that's uh, that's enough to go on. Let's go ahead and start the clock there. I'm thinking my brain, I mean, I don't want this to be a sim, but I'm thinking my brain is like, what if we did some kind of... Not roller coaster tycoon, but I'm almost imagining like you're running a cartoony stainless steel forge that you gotta somehow press into all sorts of different shapes, but the the pacing is is gotta be like quick and, and fun. There's a game that just came out today called Townscaper. Um it's out in early access now, and I'm sure that you've seen it. It's a project that this uh this one guy's been working on for a very, very long time. Uh one of the developers of Bad North came out with this uh, fun little tool to basically build build towns like kind of almost like in a Minecraft kind of way where it's just like as simple as like placing you know, bricks on top of bricks but each one kind of represents like a a room in a building and as you add you know bricks in different areas snap together like Legos it uh kind of procedurally morphs it into a sensible or a non so not so sensible <laughs> building depending on the shape that you give it and it's uh it's very hypnotic to watch um this is the game that uh you know he's been advertising via gifts and stuff during development and just kind of unanimously people have been like oh i love watching these gifts i can't wait to play around with the tool now that it's out and i mean it's really like you have as much fun with it as you put into it like there's really not a lot going on <laughs> but not to be dismissive like it is what it says on the tin as well. Like it's a, it's a very interesting and a very cool town building tool. No objective, just the opportunity to get in there and to uh, piece together some uh, little cities. Uh, so anyways, I was just thinking about like, 
it, it allows you to create things of such like strange and unique shapes. And it automatically kind of fills in like courtyards where there's empty spaces that are completely enclosed, or it puts scaffolding on, you know, outhangings that are otherwise unsupported. And it makes me wonder if like we could create large kind of sink and uh, pipe systems via this kind of creative tool that automatically makes it work in a way, no matter what you throw at it. Yeah, I think that's cool. And and if we start getting into, um, I'm, I'm almost thinking like you're snapping these things together and like, it seemed I, I was seeing this thing on the front page of Kotaku and it almost looks like in the steam store, you're making just like a gallery of things people have access to. So is there like a, you're just kind of making these interesting objects. It almost becomes like a slimmed down version of dreams almost at that point. Right. I don't know if the uh, creations are shareable. It's still in early access and maybe that kind of thing will come in if there's steam workshop support later on. But mm-hmm. I think from what I've seen, like people have just been kind of like sharing gifts and screenshots of what they've made. Uh, but mostly it's just kind of to play around, have your own fun with it. You know, let me look at this email. I need to look at this uh, stainless steel single and double preparation sinks. So I, I wonder if like you, if you could do <laughs> imagine a very loose version of almost like an overcooked where you have these mm-hmm. like, very specific requests come in that's like double preparation sink but you don't have any like you don't have any way to actually stamp out the shape of that you just kind of make whatever you want almost like a game of of pictionary or something you're loosely drawing these shapes and then you kind of stamp it into existence and then you get the only thing you can do is just browse a gallery of what people have have created underneath the heading uh, double preparation sinks and that kind of stuff. So it's like this weirdly categorized art gallery. I wonder if uh, wonder if it's about creating pathways for pipes. If uh, like if you have to draw a shape and then that shape will be kind of translated into a run of pipes, and then you have to like find ways to survey the underground or whatever area you're navigating through to draw the perfect shape i don't know i'm still not quite finding it let me load the images i need maybe i need this image inspiration oh wow okay that is not what i thought it was gonna be um these these sinks these i i guess the the image i'll describe in this email to people looks very much like you've probably seen these types of things in like professional kitchens or like a prep area of like these are big stainless steel, but they're very bare bones. They look very much like slabs just kind of stuck together. So I wonder if you turn this a little bit into a almost an Ikea like simulator, uh, but because everything is stainless steel, it might be hard to make out the parts. And so you really can can get into a mess as you try and just kind of assemble these. And then we give you like a welding tool to just sort of weld stuff together so it's this crazy like metalworking um uh, furniture assembling sort of game or you know i've talked about before one of my favorite things to do in the sims 3 was to play an architect where people invite you over to their you know sim homes and uh, they say i need a new study wing on my house and they ask you to 
build a room. This is your budget. These are the objects that need to be in there and you can do whatever you want to otherwise decorate. But they would also give you basically full creator access to the whole entire house. And so we used to have so much fun going into the into these, you know, folks' homes and installing sprinklers that sprayed directly on their bed and computer. <laughs> and, you know, we would demolish the entire house and sell everything they own and then plop the desired items in the middle of an empty lot and still technically have done the job. Um, finishing hundreds of thousands of dollars under budget because of all the stuff we sold. <laughs> so I wonder if it's about like you have to install kind of professional grade equipment in areas where that that would be a surprising thing to find there and you can basically stick a sink onto any piece of furniture or any you know the wall a, a rock you know anything once you kind of place it there then that's where the sink is and then maybe you have to maybe it auto generates kind of like chefs doing their work and you get to see the comedy of them you know, finding yeah. ways to utilize what you've created, or maybe you have to do kind of like an overcooked style game and, uh, you know, you made your bed and now you have to sleep in it type of thing. I do like the idea too, of maybe instead of even showing like you could do two things, right? Which is every time you ship a thing, like it ends in just like placing it in the middle of a blank room, putting a spotlight on it and seeing like a little abstracted chef come and like try and chop chicken there on it or something like that. And then, you do that piece by piece, and then eventually, um, once you finish your set, whatever that looks like, then you get to see like all of your things placed into a kitchen and um, <laughs> like a little ten minute, you know, simulation actually just running of these AI characters doing their best, things flopping around, water going into sinks that are lopsided and spilling all over the place. Yeah, I like that one. Um, let's go ahead and close it down. Let's come up with a name. You could do a, that sinking feeling. Sinking, sink, that sinking feeling or just sinking feeling is, <laughs> is pretty good. Because uh, you could also say that sinking is the act of building a sink. It's true. What are yes. you doing? Oh, I'm sinking all day on Saturday. What are you sinking about? <laughs> there we go. Anyways, that was from Caterweb. Thank you very much, Caterweb, for sending that over to us directly. Um, obviously it was created as a pitch for a fanciful video game. And, uh, we, I think delivered upon that. I think so. Anyways, uh, if you would like to send something in and we encourage you to do so, please, um, <laughs> then you can, uh, email us playwrightcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at playwrightcast, or you can go to our website, playwrightcast.com slash pitch. Special thank you to Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, off that sweet, sweet blue noise. Check out CanaanRinse.com to listen to the Canaan Rinse podcast, The Sausage Factory, and Sound of Play. Sweet, sweet sound of play, I call it. Uh, I don't, but I just started calling it that. I'm trying it out this week. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's uh, go check out the uh, Canaan Rinse Patreon and support the show's uh, with a couple bucks, get you know, buy somebody a coffee. I think uh, Leon could use some caffeination. What do you think? Sounds about right. Yeah, let's get him. Let's get him. Let's get this guy some uh, mocha. Takes a little bit more to kind of get him out of bed these days. You know? <laughs> yeah, all of us, we're with you, Leon. All right, we've got a redacted game on the way out. We'll be giving I'm you. I'm actually so, nervous. This one, uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that bad, but we'll see. We'll okay. see. I, I don't want to say that. You know, that would be. <laughs> Very rude for me to say, and then you to struggle with it. So. <laughs> yeah. 
let's uh clean slate. That was never on the table. Okay. Anyways, the stakes are high when the world's most elite redacted unit enters redacted, where over 36.7 million men, women, and children redacted. In quotes, redacted, the home of the the home of the famous redacted, flashy redacted, redacted, and world famous redacted becomes the setting for a redacted threat of global proportions. What happens when one of the world's most famous redacted is held hostage by redacted? Um, there's a hostage situation. So I'm now in military mode. The stakes are high when redacted. Is that what you said? The stakes are high when the world's most elite redacted unit <laughs> enters redacted. The elite redacted unit? So this has got to be... There's not too many terms I could go in there. There, It's special forces. It's... I mean, it could be... Any, this could be the most elite uh, rabbits unit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and what did you say? There's millions of men and women and children? Right. Uh, enters redacted where over 36.7 million men, women, and children redacted. Is this... I feel like I'm in the in a military Middle Eastern sort of thing. Is this a, I don't remember. Is this a Ghost Recon's Wildlands? It is not Ghost Recon's Wildlands. Okay, or Ghost Recon Wildlands. Um, I, have, I have some, give me some, give me a couple random facts about this thing. All right. Um, do you want one that includes the year and platform or should I omit those details? Let's uh, give me. I can, it, I, like, I can admit have, the like, details accolades? and give you like the various rankings, or yeah, I can let's do the rankings. Like, okay, before you give so, me the platform, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I want to stay away from platform because I feel like platform really narrows okay. things in. It was the number five best game on its platform in the year of its release. Oh. The number seven most discussed game on its platform in the year of release. And number five most shared game on this platform on the year of its release. <laughs> Not very helpful, I'll admit. Um, I have the Metacritic score here as well, and I can. Uh, I, I was also thinking of what might be interesting is like the like a ten user review and a zero user review of of what percentage are tens and what percentage are no like a reading one random ten oh. and one random zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is good because it it might give me a lot. <laughs> it might give me absolutely nothing, but I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Let me. These are users, not not the critic reviews. Right. Okay. I'm. Uh, <laughs> Do they all give it away? I'm. I'm reading. I, I think this one's safe. Okay. It does give some more details, but uh, I think it's stuff that you know you've already kind of like honed in on. Reason for giving this game a ten is not because it's better than Half Life, Quake, or any other revolutionary FPS, but because there hasn't been a single good FPS for about a year. Prey was a disappointment, and so was Quake 4. And when's the last time there was a real FPS with a storyline and a cooperative mode? Uh, oh, Quake 2? Okay. Okay. That was a 10. See if I can scroll down to the bottom for So a... I'm getting first-person shooter, and I'm getting there's a story to be had. And I guess which is less the ghost recon or at least the modern ghost recon games so here's a uh, the lowest review is a three who says um not sure why this game has so many positive reviews the game itself is false advertisement it claims to be an extremely realistic 
redacted FPS game. However, it is a simple run and gun. The graphics are meh, the game mechanics are off, and it just feels like a poorly designed game. Um, so that is somebody who really didn't like it. Okay. The graphics are meh. Is this... There's so many of them. I almost feel like this is not fair, but is this a... Is this a Call of Duty? And I won't... I, I will accept that this is not a specific game, so I still have to pick the specific Call of Duty. It's not within the Duty-verse. <laughs> it's not in the Duty-verse. Oh, and it's good. It's number, would you say, five on its platform? Yeah, if you want, I can give you actual um, Metacritic numbers as well. Okay, let's let's end with that. Okay, it, it's, um, its Metacritic score is uh, 85 on okay. one platform and 88 on another. <sighs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I feel like I'm zooming in on it. Read me the description one more time. What okay. happens after the men, women, and children? Okay. So it's, uh, the stakes are high when the world's most elite redacted unit enters redacted, where over 36.7 million men, women, and children redacted. In quotes, children. redacted, the home of the famous redacted, flashy redacted, redacted, and world famous redacted becomes the setting for a wait, redacted wait, threat. Wait, 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 wait. Flashy, famous. And world famous. <laughs> world famous. I think... We're in Vegas, and I think we're playing Rainbow Six. So now there are two Rainbow Six Vegas games. Do you want to <laughs> venture to guess? <laughs> is it Vegas and Vegas 2? What? Are, what? What are the two Vegas games? It, it is Rainbow Six Vegas or Rainbow Six Vegas 2. Okay, all right. I, I forgot about Vegas 2, even though that's that's a better one, right? Uh, oh, I no, didn't is, is Vegas 2. Okay, okay. Vegas 2 sucks, and Vegas is a good one. I remember playing Vegas. I remember doing the voice commands. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. it was a story. Yeah, I had the stupid Halo plastic green headset and barking in um, <laughs> voice commands at the characters. I Knowing that you don't have a taste for two, I'm going to say it's Vegas 1. Yeah, you got it. Number six, Vegas. In 2006, the number five best 360 game of 2006, the number seven most discussed 360 game of 2006, the number five most shared of 2006. I'm glad you didn't give me the platform because knowing that it was the 360 probably would have unlocked it sooner for me. But I, I don't know. I guess I cruised past the flashy and famous. I was so concerned about <laughs> terrorism and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, uh, that one's a bit bit of a giveaway there about uh, some good details to hone in <laughs> I on. I should have got it sooner. Woo, that was the stakes right, are back, high baby. when the world's most elite counterterrorism unit enters Las Vegas, where over 36.7 <laughs> million men, women, and children visit each year. Visit City, each year was what you redacted? <laughs> no, that that's a good redaction because it, it threw me, it, that makes it a tourist spot, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sin City, the home of the famous Las Vegas Strip, flashy yeah. hotels, high rolling casinos, <laughs> and world famous celebrities becomes a setting for a terrorist threat of global proportions. What happens when one of the world's most famous cities is held hostage by terrorists? My God. Uh, now, now all of the rapid fire redacted, redacted, redacted makes sense because you get like <laughs> Las Vegas, uh, the Strip, and... There's what, a lot of details of in there. Yeah. All of them right back to back to back, so... That's actually a really good description that they wrote. I feel like it it contains 
It's very descriptive immediately. Doesn't mention the uh, the multiplayer feature where you're able to scan your own face <laughs> and put the <laughs> photograph on the uh, character in the game, though. I remember because I had the 360 camera. I, I must have <laughs> tried it. Um, but I mostly just remember the 360 camera being used to sexually harass people on Uno or people mm. being like, Uno was so unpoliced. I was shocked at the things that happened to me on Uno. Well, uh, I think that's a story for another day and perhaps a <laughs> uh, inspiration for a future pitch. So um, we'll wrap this one up for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. And um, please do write in. We are running a bit low at the moment. Yes, we'll one catch might you next say week. dangerously low. Dangerously. See ya. Bye.